This is Homie and the Dude, the father and son podcast. And today you're watching D&D Diaries, The Road to Streaming. This is episode four, and this is finding your dungeon master style. Um, I kind of discovered mine um, in like our third slash fourth session, and uh, it kind of links perfectly into what we talked about um, in our last last episode. Um, But basically, after being in Phandalin, the group moved uh, into the Red Brands hideout um, to go and deal with the Red Brands. And um, in here, I kind of came into my own a little bit as a DM after a couple of sessions, I kind of found a bit more of a, like a running pace because it was pretty heavy combat and, um, and I found that my style pretty much is based around describing combat. I'm, I, I'm my, I guess my proficiency in skills is describing, uh, describing combat as it is. Um, and this stems from years of watching action movies and uh, fancy movies and like anime and like TV shows and reading books and all that good stuff. Um, but also it comes from a hard uh, martial arts background as well where I have studied martial arts and we also watch a lot of martial arts being things like cage fighting, um, jiu-jitsu, that kind of stuff. So um, we have a both of us have quite an expanded knowledge when it comes to martial arts. So describing combat for me came a lot easier and we kind of found this out in the red brands. Um, oh, can I say something? Yeah, go for I it. I mean, I think it's more, it's, yeah. <clears throat> I was thinking about this. So there is an element of knowing, watching a lot of movies and having a background of uh, martial arts, but you also just have a capacity to bring all that to life really nicely in real time over and over and over and over again throughout multiple combat encounters. So I think it's, I mean, you couldn't do that without your background, Mm -hmm. but even with that kind of background, I think your ability to draw on it is 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 pretty cool mm. and so instantly though like com- comparing my combat description to my role play it was like that almost like almost yeah. instantly you could tell that i was much better at doing combat uh and, and working you guys through that and interestingly after we did the Cragmore uh hideout in the first session and then doing the red brands hideout um i I, I almost got the fluidity of like a dungeon down a little bit more. So it felt like the dungeon was a bit more cohesive for you guys. You were able to move around it a bit easier. Um, but what it, it solidified for me that I had some things to work on and I had some things that I could uh, sharpen, I guess, would be, would be a way to describe it. So combat became a, a, a big part of my, uh, my knowledge of what I do. So now when I think about combat encounters and things like that, I try and think about it so that I can give the richest amount of detail and fun and, uh, and description because that's where I really shine in and, and I wanna make those moments where I can shine even better for the players because it, it does make it even more in depth. So adding you know, different terrains, uh, you know, stra- strategy that you guys need to solve in combat, you know, all that kind of stuff, meaning that the team has to either work together uh, or half of you have to do something and the other half have to do something else, you know, and whatever ends up being. I think it, it, the fact that I realized that I was better at combat meant that I then started developing what combat encounters were to continue challenging myself, to continue moving myself forward, which was one really good thing. And discovering this style that I had of really good combat also meant that I knew I had to work on roleplay. Yeah. I knew it was so important that I needed to go away and 
like watch people and listen to podcasts and like understand how other people do role play. And that's really how I learn is like kind of thinking about how other people do it and then formulating my own kind of style off of that. And um, so I did a lot of that. I did a lot of reading, lots of it, lots of obviously YouTube videos, giving out advice and stuff like that. Um, but really it came down to it. It came down to finding style by pure chance. It was, yeah. it was by trying different things as a DM um, and one of them clicking. Now, something that I think is important to mention is that each set of players deserve a different style of DM as well. So even if I'm really good at combat, but our group doesn't enjoy combat as much, I still have to tailor my game to suit my players. So irregardless of whether I feel like I'm really good at combat, if you guys want more exploration because you've ex expressly told me that you want more exploration, then that's something I need to make active. I can't just keep going back to the thing that I'm really good at. That's well. true. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think from my experience, just thinking about... So Tom has also DM'd a, a, a session as well. Yeah. Um, and talk about your DM style. Talk about how you felt about DMing and, and, and where what you felt stylistically, even though you've only done one session. Yeah, so I, I think in retrospect, if I'm looking back on it now, I think I had a vision of what kind of DM I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and really kind of understanding that, I think I wanted to be what I would want to experience as a player. Mm -hmm. And so the things that really resonate for me are having these like, almost like really climactic touching moments, these things that everyone around the room are, are like looking at each other and saying, wow, that was, wow, that, that was really like a moment that we had there. And so I felt like I wanted to, to share that, to create that environment for players. And the translation of what I wanted to be as a DM and what I, what I was as a DM wasn't, didn't link up. Uh, and so, again, it was only my first session as a DM, so who knows, like, in succeeding sessions, what will, what will transpire, how it will evolve. But I think what I know is that it's important to, I guess, to consider what you'd like to be as a DM, but really to be fair about what you are presenting to others as a DM, and then to just evaluate <clears throat> yourself on that. Sometimes you can't be the DM <laughs> that, you would, that you would aspire to be because you just naturally are um, better suited for certain things than other things. Do you know, I, I, I fully agree with you. And I think, you know, for, for everyone who starts out, you know, it's the whole like, oh, why aren't I like Matt Mercer? You know, why, why aren't I as good as the critical role? And it's like, you have to find, it's, it's, it's like anything, you know, with, for example, like skating's another example, you have to find your niche within it. You have to find your style that suits you because it belongs to you. And martial arts is another one. This is why martial artists choose different martial arts because each one is a niche style that they like. That's why someone doing Taekwondo is different to Jiu Jitsu, is different to Muay Thai. You know, it's, it's completely uh, about you doing what suits you and your abilities. Mm. And then working on the things that you, gaps in your abilities and as well as also then like I said refining the bits that you are better at now something that I want to come back to is with my combat I we've said it's really good you know and it sounds great but something that I'm currently working on is more collaborative combat with my players because um once realizing that I was good at combat, I kind of took the helm when it came to describing combat. And I realized actually that I don't want to do that as much and that I, I enjoy you guys piecing in with the description of what you think it should look like, even though 
you know, some of our players, you know, have never watched a, 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 any sort of martial arts fight in their lives. You yeah. know, they still come in with amazing ideas and describe an awesome scene and do something great. So um, something that I'm now working on is that every time a player kills something, they get to describe how they kill it, basically. Yeah, yeah. So, um, like, for example, I know Matt Mercer does with, like, big bosses and things like that. Um, I, I'm now going to try and do it where each player, anytime they kill something, even if it's a small something or rather, they get to describe the final blow. You, do you know what I mean? Because I think, I think that's important. I think also, along with, with, with mixing it up like that, there's a sense of if you go to the well too often with a thing you're really good at, it starts lessening the impact of that thing. Mm -hmm. So if you were just relentlessly, you know, describing combat uh, and damage in the way that you do, the the real uniqueness of it over and over and over again becomes less unique to the player experience. Mm. So it's almost like spreading it out so that when we, because like there are times when you're describing combat and I'm looking at it, I'm like, damn, that is <laughs> that is really, super descriptive and super awesome the way that went down. Uh, it'd be like eating a, a really, you know, like filet mignon steak over and over and over again. Pretty soon you, you're indifferent to how special that meal is. 100%, yeah, and, and that's why I was like, you know, you need to mix in those other elements that your players enjoy, you know, why, you know, we have two new players joining our, our homebrew testing group, um, my girlfriend and, and a family friend of ours, and both of them have expressed to me that they enjoy puzzles and they enjoy problem solving and things like that. So what have I done? Uh, I didn't have a problem section, uh, a puzzle problem solving section in my next session, but I built one in because it's something that, you know, our, if the players want it, I can, I can drip, and don't get me wrong, I'm not gonna be able to do puzzles every session, but I definitely can do it once or twice, yeah. you know, here or there, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And it's, it's about getting that balance right as a DM and, and as well as that, you know, catering for different people, something in combat that uh, I, was, I was talking with someone I'm collaborating with, uh, writing a one-shot at the moment, and we were discussing um, making different floors of this building that our players are going to have to work their way through, highlight different characters' vulnerabilities so that it makes different people the hero on each floor so that each person in the team feels like the hero throughout the one-shot. Nice. And it's something that... If you're not focusing on like that, some people can really drift into the background. And I think for me as a DM, that's one of the things that I try and be really conscious about is making sure that everyone is involved. And it's something that as a new DM, because you have a thousand things going on, you know, you've got a dungeon master screen that says a bunch of stuff on it. You've got notes that you've written. You've maybe got, you know, a, a virtual tabletop up if you're like across the world from each other or like a, in lockdown because of COVID or whatever, you know. and. With so much going on as a new DM, you can sometimes forget about catering to your players and looking after your players. And that's something I'm really starting to now learn as a DM who's a little bit further down the line is tailoring what I'm doing to my players. I'm not, I'm not even close to perfect at it, but I am starting to understand the nuances of that a little bit, I think. And it's something that I believe will develop um, the, the, the group storytelling, because something else I think is a DM and you talked about, you know, I wanted this big epic moment, you know, and, and, and it's, it's something that I think as a DM, you go into it thinking, right, I've got to tell the story and they're, they're the players in the game and I'm the game and like, I've got to make things happen kind of thing. And what I realize now later down the line is that it's a collaborative storytelling experience where everyone needs to be telling the story together. And 
that's where I have been missing out. And learning that is even harder. I'll, I'll say I've realized that recently. Putting that into practice now is gonna be super hard for me, but I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna to work towards a place where that collaborative storytelling place is really, really succinct and we all chip in with what's going on in the world. Yeah, I think I almost, almost picture it as, as the DM, you have to, you know, you have to kind of let it happen organically. But I also think you have to have a little bit of a meta perspective on what the experience is that's going on currently and be able to adjust your game. Mm. Because if it is, you know, if it is combat after combat, I mean, I'm almost picturing movies, right? Mm. So an action movie that is just relentless with action scene after action scene after action scene, even if they're awesome, desensitizes you after a while. Like you're not getting the full impact of how cool some of the stuff is. Same thing with like a comedy that is, you know, one note the whole time. So you have to be able to, in real time, be able to evaluate while also letting the thing breathe and letting it go where it needs to go. But also slowly, you know, like subtly adjust things a little bit so that, um, so that when, when there needs to be some combat, that hasn't happened in a while, then it, then you up that level. That that sort of sort of adjustment, I think, is quite important. Would you I, agree with that, or do you think that's I, no, no? I fully agree with you. I think my one of the things that I say um, to people who ask me about DMing is, I say I like to try and surprise you guys, whether it be like an NPC being, you know, a pirate captain who is a tiny pixie, you know, because power versus size, quite fun. You know, I like to throw in like little surprises like that. So I think doing that by changing what you kind of output what is the norm for you and what your players get used to and throwing them curveballs with even that because there's normal fantasy tropes that you can throw curveballs in but then finding your tropes mm. and curveballing the things that you do to make your players like trip up is is something but all of this tweaking and all of this like working for your players and understanding what you're doing. So a lot of it takes a lot of introspective looking, maybe recording yourself and then watching it back so you can yeah. see how that you are and things like that. Um, whatever it may be for yourself to, to, to do that, it all leads to you discovering this style and working out this style. And funnily enough, styles change over time. People, uh, for different campaigns, you know, I, I can imagine a horror campaign requires a much different style to a uh, super high fantasy that is, you know, very high fluted magic kind of thing. You know, it, it's, it does require a lot of difference in of, in of just you being different for different moments in the campaign and for different stories in of itself, but you will find your core style. And with that, you'll know what your abilities are and what you're really good at. And then you can like access those. They're, they become your, they become part of that toolbox and, and a part of the toolbox that you know provides like rich gaming experience for your players. And then the bits that are maybe a bit weaker, you pull out once a session because you need to practice and you need to make sure you get used to swinging that yeah. hammer a bit more, you know, all that kind of thing. I totally agree. Like you have to use your style, um, the, the, the strength of your style appropriately um, and, and acknowledge it and acknowledge it that that is the, you know, the key value that you're bringing to the experience, but also be able to round off stuff with you know, maybe the stuff that you don't enjoy as much. You know, some people don't enjoy, you know, sort of describing theater of the mind as much, or maybe they're just, they don't feel like they're as descriptive in just how their brain processes a vision of, a, of an environment. That's cool, that's fine, but you're gonna have to do a little bit of that probably. So it's almost like 
shoring up some of the stuff that you just need to have, like a basic amount of everything, and then leaning into your strengths mm -hmm. so that you have a signature. Like, you know, you, you talk about Matt Mercer, he has a signature. Um, and you look at most DMs, they have a signature. When you think about them, you know that you know what you're gonna get. Mm -hmm. And you probably follow them because you enjoy that particular style. 100%. And probably don't follow some others because that's not something that you connect with. So That's the whole thing is like it, when you're watching people, you will connect with dungeon masters and t teams of gamers, casts that you enjoy with, that you relate to, that suit what you like. And so um, that's, yeah, you're 100% right. So I think this stems back to guys, how do you find your style? You try different things. You work on the things you're good at, and you also then work on the things that you're bad at. And somewhere along the way, you will discover where you kind of stand in that. And I promise you that will change over time. Um, it will change for different stories. Um, but what you have to do is just keep being honest with yourself. Keep looking at uh, the introspective, uh, like perspective, <laughs> the introspective perspective yeah. on uh, on <laughs> the situation. Um, and make sure that you are being critical of yourself so that you can continue to move forward as a DM. But yeah, finding that style definitely, definitely helps. The last thing, last thing I would say is that in, when you are in your style, you're enjoying it more. Yeah, you know, I agree. You're enjoying the experience of DMing more as I, opposed to fighting against trying to be something else, which is harder. I fully, fully agree with you. So guys, this has been episode four of D&D Diaries. Uh, I hope this helps you uh, work on finding your own style. We really, really appreciate the entire community that's been helping us out watching these videos. You guys rock, and we <laughs> thank you so, so much. Thanks, guys. So we'll see you in the next one. Cheers. This has been Homie and the Dude. Later, guys. We're chugging through. We're loving doing this stuff for you guys. Um, if you want to support us, if you want to make sure that we can keep getting you know, better quality set, better quality lights, make the filming better. Bigger, um, bigger batteries for the camera. Bigger batteries for the camera. <laughs> yes! You know, all that kind of stuff. Um, you can do that by just liking, following the page, and subscribing to the YouTube channel. That is what really makes a difference to us.